Namaste, yogis. Welcome to the Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. I'm Happy Jack, coming at you live from Cambridge, Massachusetts, USA. And I am live here with Happy Hannah, and I'm at the Happy Jack Yoga headquarters in Bracebridge, Canada. And it's it's nostalgic in the way because this is and uh, and the end of an era for those who are here live with us in Zoom can see I'm sitting in an empty room. There is nothing in this space. Hannah uh, is going to be driving to Boston tomorrow, hanging out for a couple of days while I do some exams, and then moving my stuff back to Muskoka, back to the headquarters. So this is the last podcast from this uh, apartment, and um, it is it's it's kind of cool that it all kicked off from here. But it's it, the the good thing is the conversation continues, the podcast continues, and just really excited to be here. So for those who are here live in the Zoom room, love seeing your face and you, the halos above your head and everything going on in your lives. Uh, those listening on podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff, thank you for listening. And those who are part of our Patreon community, uh, thank you for being a part of that at patreon.com forward slash happy jack yoga. And it's really cool for the price of a cup of coffee. You get to join, be a part of the Patreon community, get to access to some cool content and, and support what we're up to here. So we have some, uh, we got some opening conversations that I'm excited to, to dive into and get into conversation with you, Hanna. And one of the things it's, I, I feel like I had to make a, a really hard decision this past week. It, it, it was really hard for me. And that was, it was saying no. I had to say no. And it was so hard. And it because for the Toronto Yoga Conference, so this is a conference that we have had a, a booth at for several years. This is a, a conference that I have, you and I both, Hannah, have taught yoga at. We've had team members on our behalf teach at. You know, it's been, been a big part of what we've done. Uh, and so the invite came. And uh, and sometimes, you know, it's we have to evaluate our priorities and, and where we're going to put our energy and our effort and our time. Um, and so even though I knew it was the right decision to, to politely decline, you know, attending and, and teaching there this year, it was so hard because for so many years as a newer yoga teacher, I, I put that like on a pedestal. It was like, you know, there, there was a few things that I did and I don't know if others have done it or you have, you have things that you put on a pedestal, but for me, I put, a, I put like becoming an ambassador for Lululemon, like somehow I'll, if, if I had made that happen, then I made it as a yoga teacher or it, when I got to teach at Wonderlust Yoga Festival, you know, then I feel like then I've made it and, and, and Toronto Yoga Conference was a big one. Because some of those other ones happen quicker, like for example, Helsinki. We got our friend Saga in the house, other friends from Finland. That one, it happened relatively easy. Maybe because I'm I'm a I'm an international, right? So it was like easier to get in the door there. But in Toronto, it was it was not easy because they draw on all the yoga teachers from around the globe. Anyway, point being, it took a lot of effort to get in. We've now done it for a few years, and now. Uh, getting the invite to return and having to say no, I just noticed that it was tough. It was probably a little bit of that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Um, but, you know, we have to, we really have to evaluate how we spend our time and, 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 you know, transparently, you know, as yoga teachers, we have to be mindful of, of expenses, 
you know, when we went earlier this year, right, Hanna, you know, I'll share it openly with all of us. Like it cost about $6,000 between hotel rooms and flights and travel and marketing materials and booth rentals and team meals. And, you know, just start adding all of that kind of stuff up. And it's like, okay, so we invested $6,000. And then what was the return we got out of that? And it, it didn't equal that. It was actually quite a bit less. And times have changed, right? We're doing so much more online now. We have our, our community who's here with us live. We got 13 yogis around the world, different parts of Europe, different parts of North America, um, all around, all around. And, and I guess this, this is the, this seems to be the new medium. This is the, the great way for us to connect. And we were even talking about it on last week's business of yoga call. So for those who are members of Happy Jack Yoga University, Every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, we have a mastermind, a business Q&A call. And just this past week, we were talking with Deanna from, uh, from, from West and about how things have changed. Like, it's so much easier to get a yoga, get started as a yoga teacher now or to get a, a small yoga business started. You can do so much for free, like with or very little resources um, so anyways, that's just some, some thoughts going on around that. I don't know, Hannah, if you have anything to add, but it was just, I guess it was just like energetically, it was like hard to, to, it was like, um, just like, a, I don't know, just hard to let go of. Um, well, it's, it's also because it was a goal. Like you say, you put it on a pedestal, but I would def- like define it more like a goal that you had yeah. and, and you worked really hard to get there many years. And, and there were times where they said no. Right. And now to be in that position to say no on our end is, is a bit, I don't know, maybe strange and sad. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's understandable. And yeah, it's also amazing to be part of those events, right? The energy, the people we meet, like it is fantastic. So, you know, we can't, we can't do everything. Right. Right. And that's, that's true. And we got to evaluate what are the things, because we did enjoy it. Like it was, it was so much fun. Like I remember I loved leading the workshops. We had members of this community who came to the workshops. It was amazing. It was so much fun. It just didn't make business sense. It just didn't, it just wasn't, you know, it really just didn't make sense. And now if we think about the retreat that we do now in the summer in Canada, in Muskoka, you know, that was also a way to bring people together, to be together in person. It also was like through the roof. Amazing. I see our friend Sue right in the top, you know, is here with us and as well as many others. And like we had that same type of experience and it made more sense because it was yeah. in our hometown for a number of reasons. It made sense. It made sense. And it's also more intense. It's even more fun than the yoga festival because we get to be together so much. Whereas in the festival, they're still like, you know, their schedule. Whereas on the retreat, it's like um, summer camp for adults for days on end. And yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a great distinction that you make that it's a bit, it's really, it was a goal more versus mm-hmm. like putting it on a pedestal. And as well, uh, I love that Elizabeth says, yeah, summer camp for adults. Love that. Um, as I think about, I was thinking about other goals that I've had and, and some, you know, some goals I have achieved and there's some that I haven't. And I, I just, I thought of a couple that I, goals that I had that I fell short of that I wanted to share. 
One of them, as I was transitioning from my you know corporate career at John Deere into becoming a full-time yogi, uh, in those last few years at John Deere, I was pursuing the path to become a professional engineer, right? So, you know, when you, when you graduate from university at, you know, in Canada, you get this iron ring, you get this, the degree, the certificate, but in order to become a, you know, a, a professional, you need to get a certain amount of years of work experience and really demonstrate a bunch of things. And I was working towards that and I really wanted it. I had a strong attachment, like coming back to the yogic principles. I had a, I had a deep desire. I was really attached to it. Um, and I didn't make it. I fell short. You know, it's, it, you could think of it as like the yoga Alliance accreditations, a little bit harder, I guess, um, to, to meet the requirements, but you know, that was something that at the time it was like the most important thing. There was a period of time where it was like the most important thing. And truthfully, it was, it was an ego thing because I knew that I was leaving the engineering world and I was going into the yoga world, but somehow I felt like my identity or like some safety security. It's like, Hey, if I, if I get this professional engineering designation, you know, I'll always have that or, you know, whatever, even though I'm off becoming a yogi. And so that was one thing um, that I really wanted that didn't happen. And another one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I wanted to just understand, like, what do you mean? Like you, you were an engineer, you were working many years, but what was it that you fell short on? Like, I don't understand. So basically it's, I mean, it's just details here, but um, so as soon as you graduate from university as an engineer, you can work as an engineer, but if you want to basically you get a stamp, like you get a stamp of being, Hey, I'm a professional. I, I could have signed people's passports applications. Do you know what I mean? Like you kind of it just becomes accredited somehow. It, as and so how, how much did you fall short? If we use that terminology, like were you almost there or it would that be like a lifetime dedication or what would that mean? Just to understand. Yeah. Well, truthfully, it was just that I've, I went off track. So I, because even within my career at John Deere, I was there for 10 years, but I didn't spend 10 years doing engineering. If, if I did 10 years of engineering, you know, check the box. I would have got that long time ago, but I think because I'm uh, ambitious and, and I'm always kind of seeking the next step, you know, I got into design engineering and then test engineering and then machine evaluation and then, and then uh, product support and customer support and then towards sales, you know, cause I was always, you know, looking for that next step seeking. So I, I guess I veered away from engineering. And so that's why I didn't meet it. And that um, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, hopefully we're, I feel like in a way we're getting a little off track for yoga, but I hope to like kind of bring it back. It's like just that attachment that we have as humans. And this is one thing that yoga teaches us, right? And, and, and it doesn't mean that we, you know, our ego is gone forever. Mine's still absolutely there. It doesn't mean that our attachment, you know, we, we no longer have attachments, but somehow there's just like an awareness and be kind of like, we can work with it in a healthy way. Um, like I would say like to have the right relationship with attachments would be a yogic aspiration, right? Like we need attachment. Like we are hardwired for attachments from the moment we were born. We need an att attachment figure to survive. And that programs us for being group animals, right? And then within that system, we need attachments to be able to navigate the world and each other. But the healthy relationship to those attachments 
might be also a way to understand attachment in yoga and what they talk about in yoga philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it it just has me thinking now, it just makes me aware. It's like, okay, well, this is how I acted in the past. This is the way that I operated. This is the way that I saw the world. So now I can see these things happening again. You know, I've shared it on the past couple episodes of thinking like, oh, what is, what is the next step? What is the goal? What is the, you know, is it, is it, is it the PhD? Is it cause, cause I, I mentioned a goal. I didn't want to go too deep into things, but I actually have a, a few goals that I fell short on. And then I've also got a, a list of a few goals that I did achieve. And so I do feel for the most part, like when I do set a goal for myself, um, I, 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 I tend to be able to achieve it. And so, but I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And, and at the same time though, all the decisions I made, even if, even if they weren't, you know, they weren't long-term, I don't have any regrets around because it was always a learning. There was always a growth. It always kind of made sense in hindsight, but at the same time, you know, I want to, I want to get better at, at walking in the path that's, that's authentic for me, um, you know, kind of more initially versus, you know, try this, try that, try that, but like really listening inside, what is the right next step? And I feel like, I feel like yoga tends to awaken that and bring awareness to that. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah, yes. I love that. It makes me think about something that happened to me in Italy in one of the abbeys in a, basically in a tomb, you know, how in the Catholic system, they keep relics and they make tombs inside the church. And it was really, really beautiful and almost like a really deep spiritual moment. And I remember seeing a prayer in the tomb saying, I didn't have time to read the whole prayer, but the three last lines were basically saying as a prayer, like, help me. Um, and then you can put in, help me with the grace. And then you put in whatever it is you would want to grace to be. And then it said to be at the level. So it merits God's bliss and glory. So with that, I thought to myself that it means that whatever it is that I aspire for, that I would pray for it to be at the level of God that it would, you know, God meaning higher power, the highest good, the most right path that is a benefit for the most amount of people, anyone I interact with, right? And so to know what that is, is not a linear path. It's not so easy to say. And sometimes it might need some detours and it might look like a detour in the beginning, but it's like what you said, Jack, without regret, Um, Because this step leads to the next and something else will kind of appear or reveal itself to you as you do the, the soul searching and, and also like to be available for what life presents us with the energy, the opportunities that kind of like almost without our merit, they come into our lap. Like, your inquiry around doing a PhD or not is something that kind of um, was proposed to you. And then you're evaluating, do I want to get attached to this project or some other project? And so you're in the, in the navigation of it right now. And then you could say the prayer that 
that let this, whatever choice I make, be uh, for the highest good, in, to say it in yogic terms. Mm, right? I like that. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Yes. And not for myself, for the highest good. And you talked about like things coming into our lives or opportunities. And sometimes it's it's people, you know, there's different people who are in our lives. And uh, I know, as you know, you, you know, Hanan, we joke about, you know, so I've been something I've worked on, you know, for years is letting go of, you know, criticism and judgment. And, and also the other thing that I'm aware of is I, um, I, there's, there's, there's a lot of people that I really look up to. There's a lot of, you know, I really do. And, and I noticed, you know, being here at school this past year and a half, you know, there's a couple of individuals that I was really looking up to. Um, and actually then it got shooken just these past couple of weeks. Um, not in like a bad way, you know, um, but for example, you know, of course I won't mention names, but I have a friend and I've really looked to him, you know, we, we were in the same course, the Krishna in Christ course and Sanskrit. So we would walk across campus 15 minutes every day and just get to talk about stuff. And, and he's, he's super wise, you know, he's younger than me, but like super wise um, and, and just got so much out of our conversations together and and truthfully, you know, this past uh, week, it's almost like I've, well, anyway, I'll just get straight to the point. You know, he was sharing with me that, you know, he does a lot of psychedelics and mushrooms and LSD and ecstasy and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and so then it like some things started clicking. It's like, okay, now I see why you were saying that, da, 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 da. and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm doing my best not to judge that. Cause you know, I've done a lot of foolish things and I'm not even saying, you know, straight out, those are foolish. Maybe there's some people in the yoga community that do some of those things, but I noticed that when I learned that I, I don't want to, it's, it sounds harsh to say I wrote him off, but in a way I, I, I maybe I brought him off of the pedestal uh, and maybe in a good way. It's like, okay, you're human as well. So instead of like, you know, thinking like everything you say is the truth and I'm like listening to you of like, you know, tell me what to do friend. It's like, okay. You know, so he has a lot of wisdom to share, which I really appreciate. And there's some things that he believes or he practices that, that don't resonate with me personally. And again, I'm not, not here to judge those, but I noticed and, and it interestingly, you wanted to add something on that? Yeah, I just want to say that like there's a I also don't do any aids of that kind. But but there's a lot of that in spirituality, even in the past, like they say that yogis, the ones who have basically downloaded this philosophy, also did all kinds of things in the past. So sometimes when I learned about that, I also felt like a little bit discouraged and saying like, what? Some drug heads wrote all this thing or, you know, birthed all these teachings. Or if you look to Central and South America, they do a lot of plant medicine that alters your consciousness. And a lot of big teachers like Ram Das, like we know he's, he's he was got kicked out of Harvard because of LSD. And now we know that there's a lot of research is being done and there's a lot of good that comes out of you know, using psychedelics for all kinds of things and microdosing. So again, also I'm not judging, but sometimes like in learning that it can be a little bit surprising. And then maybe to trust that the wisdom is still valuable and real and true, even if it comes from using that type of substances or that type of filter. So it, it is like, um, 
a kind of like a difficult field to navigate maybe for some of us who are not used to the idea of of using plants and and assisted drugs for for awakening or for spirituality but again not to say that it's not valid but it can be a little bit like uh, okay so or remember when jack you and i went dr harsh brought us into a cave in india in the himalayas to see a yogi who only sits in the cave and and when we learned this he he's smoking whatever he smoked for me that what kind of marijuana yeah. yeah, like it just seemed like it didn't. I don't. I didn't know what to think about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, and and everybody. Yeah, I guess for me, I I seek to at this stage of life, I seek to do it kind of naturally, and I I I suppose all of those things you know serve some purpose, and and I'm in no position to judge others because I've made lots of different uh, detours in my life. But at this stage, yeah, kind of really seeking to do it naturally. And, and again, like not, I, I feel like I'm, uh, I feel really good because I'm, I feel like I'm not judging the the guy, but rather I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of like, who, who will I look to for guidance or for wisdom? And because interestingly, I had another friend, you know, friend number two, anonymously, you know, this past week who I, who have also um, have had such great conversations with, and he's just so wise and he's like, feels like he can answer all the questions that I've had. And it's been great. And, uh, and I know for him, he has made a lifelong commitment. This is something he has done. He, part of his practice, he's made a lifelong commitment of a few different lifestyle things. And, and outwardly, you know, that's how he's presents himself. And then I, I found out he, uh, you know, he does, indulge in caffeine and eggs. And I know those are not the worst thing. Probably most people on this call indulge in caffeine and eggs, right? So I, I've done that in recent years. Um, but I, it was something about the fact like knowing that, you know, outwardly in presenting himself as not doing these things, but then disclosing in, in confidentiality that he does do those things. And so again, it's not like a judgment because again, like none of us are perfect, but it's just like, okay, well, who... I guess understanding the human condition and then thinking about like, who do I, who will I look to as like the greatest role model or greatest, because there's people who can be friends and none of us are perfect. And then there's other people who can be like really role models. It's like, wow, this person seems to have relinquished their ego. Like they really don't seem to have it. You know, you think of, I think of this one individual who's a a monk from Pune, India, who I've got to meet a couple of times and like, I can't find, not that I like put him in the guru level or something like that, you know, and not some enlightened being, but it's like this, this person really seems pure and really genuine. And it's like, okay, well, this is someone, and, and I still don't know for sure because they're human, but you know, from what I can tell, like, this is someone I'm going to, I'm going to listen to and learn from now I'm going to have some faith in. And uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it's just this inquiry I've been in, but yeah, and that's interesting. And so would you say when like the hesitation then that comes to you, is it because this person, this individual is projecting a certain image into the world and then in his, in his private life, he does other, like, does, does that feel like he's out of integrity or what's the impact of that for you? Yeah, that's exactly it. It feels like out of integrity, you know, yeah. I get 
But again, I mean, I'm sure all of us, all of us probably have some things that we do that we don't outwardly share, you know, disclose our deepest, darkest secrets. Um, but I guess, I, I guess for me, I didn't see this as like some deep, dark secret. Mm-hmm. It's like really not that bad of a thing at all. I guess, I guess I'm, and I'm not saying I'm good or I'm right, or I got it figured out. I guess, I'm just like in this practice of like, really, you know, what I say and what I do being aligned yeah. and, and not even so much for what other people think. Right. But it's just like for myself, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to, I don't want to say one thing and do another. And, and yet I do it regularly because we're human, but I, I guess I'm just working so hard at that. It just, it just caught me off guard. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, this is the, this is the kind of inquiry uh, we get to, we get to be in as yogis and, and, and really practice, you know, non-judgment and non-criticism, you know, because there's all different, all different people. And and we find this practice at different stages. And I was sharing with Hannah, you were excited to hear a little bit more. Uh, this past Friday, I taught a yoga class at MIT, you know, at the, with some students there. And I was hoping with our community that I was going to get this going and recorded. And it just, it was just. Or so have special. us join live there, yeah, which being fun. Exactly. To zoom the community in, but it, it happened twice all semester. And so anyways, it happened this past Friday and this, there were three students. Uh, one of them was a varsity football player. Uh, what do they call it? Running. Uh, uh, I don't know. One of those real fast guys who plays football. Help me out my American friends. <laughs> I'm a hockey player. So anyway, you know, so anyway, one of those like a super fast running back is it I'm like somebody's gonna put running back you got it Elizabeth yeah and um and then also the other guy played varsity football and varsity baseball and so this guy this guy was like massive and they're great guys and then there was a a really nice little beautiful soul from India who was uh, becoming a medical doctor so here I got these like super athletes and then this little beautiful soul from India becoming a doctor and and so you know quickly racing in my mind is like, well, what do I do? You know, what do I teach? Do I give them the hero's journey? You know, what because of their different body types, you're, you were wondering like, what are we going to, what am I going to do with this group that is not so homogenous or is that what you mean? Yeah. And more like wanting to present yoga in a way that they, that would feel right for them. Cause I'm thinking the athletes probably want to like stretch out their tight muscles and, and perhaps the, the, the boy from India, you know, would be looking for some, a little bit more authentic, some of those types of practices. Um, so anyways, you know, the main thing is having fun. And so I, you know, got us, let's first, let's sit down, sit down in a circle, a circle of four, share our name, where you're from, you know, what brought you here. We got to know each other. Right. And that's, that's yoga. That's what I love to do. That's the happy Jack yoga, your style. That's how, what you do with every single student of yours. Yeah. And then (laughs) you always gravitate towards fun, sharing connection circle. And yeah, even if it's a circle of four and, but then you just get to know each other and I get more present myself as a teacher. And, 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 and in a way though, it, it like created more, I don't want to say distance, but more difference in, you know, stage of life we are. So this one, you know, massive football varsity guy, he's like, he's part of a fraternity for those, for those not in the U S you know, it's basically you know a club of yeah, people come together, a lot of partying. And so he's telling us when I said like, Hey, what's something you'd love to let go of? And this guy's like, well, oh man, this weekend at our frat house, 
we had, we had a party and the, and the cops came and, you know, and so, you know, so like he, he, so I'm thinking, Oh yeah, I was in your shoes 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and, and so at that moment I thought like, okay, it, how do I connect with him? So in one way I shared some of my stories of like, Hey, I get it. You know, I, I, I did all that stuff, but at the, but at the same time, I shared some of my stories around, you know, sobriety and how, how this is, you know, how yoga has led me to this and how it's helped me not trying to convert them, not trying to change them, but really just planting seeds, right? These 21 year old kids planting seeds. And you just never know uh, when, when that gets sparked but anyways, we we had we had a blast with the, with the guys from MIT, and and I guess it's just kind of a reminder when when we go in to teach a yoga class is because we have a lot of yoga teachers here in this community and listening to the podcast. I I invite you to really trust trust your instinct and and do what is natural for you because I for a moment I was I was gonna like start asking them like hey hey what do, what do you look at, what do you want. And then trying to like teach poses that they want. And that could be okay. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like when I just in the class just did what I love to do, you know, they walked away and, and shared like, hey, I, you know, I asked everybody to share, where do you feel? And it was gratitude and connections, like all the stuff that I wanted to create, we, we achieved. I love that. I was in a training this weekend and the psychotherapist who was leading it, he said that, I don't know if this is like same maybe for yoga teachers. I think it might be like he was saying uh, the clients that you will see, they will present with things that you, the therapist, will need to work on. So maybe the students who come to our classes, like they are teaching us something and they are bringing some inquiry to us as well. Do you know, like when I was saying earlier, like what life presents and what falls into our lap without our own kind of seeking for it, like you did not know who is coming to that class and what they were going to share and what the learning for you and for them is, you know, only time will show like you're planting seeds because maybe one day they will need some of that options like yoga often is an option out of the, the normal grind for a lot of people. Right. So it's kind of fascinating The people that come to our class, they might um, bring topics to us that we get to then also be an inquiry around. Mm, Yeah, that's right. It's our students that can be our our greatest teachers and and go in with that mindset that it really helps. And, and I was really encouraged. I was, I was surprised at these, these young boys, they, you know, if, if I had just looked at them and they had like their mm. varsity MIT gear on, I, I might have assumed, you know, oh, they want this or they want the physical practice. But we, as we got to know each other, they were sharing things like, oh, my God, my, you know, holding their head, my my brain is because fi- it's the finals time and they're stressed. And so they want a calm mind and they want to feel more present. And so it's just nice to be able to hear those kinds of shares. Um and, and actually, I just thought of it, Elizabeth, great, put in there running back. I just thought of, I think it was wide receiver, actually. And I don't know what those positions do, but I think it was wide receiver was what that fast guy was, if that makes sense. Um, one last announcement before we dive into things, something super excited about, and we got a huge, we got to send so much love and congrats to our friend, Wandering Alice over in the UK. I got, I got a beautiful, uh, newsletter this past week 
and it, learning about Slow Into the Seasons, an amazing new podcast that's coming out in the new year. And I just wanted to congratulate you. And I listened to the, the first intro episode and I, I attempted to get to leave a rating. Somehow, it I think the same happened with us where you might have to have like a couple of episodes and kind of demonstrate that you've listened to them before you can leave a rating. Because I listened to your intro twice and hope I'm like, I want to leave, I want to leave a five-star review. Um, but it, it didn't let me yet. But as soon as that episode two comes out, um, we're going to, we're going to get you some ratings as well, but just huge congrats. You know, I just Can love you share the name again of the yeah, podcast. Slow, slow into the seasons. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen. So that's the coolest thing is that like when seeing members of the community creating different ways to share, whether it's Elizabeth's book, whether it's Alice's podcast, whether it's Saga's yoga studios and Mm -hmm. then on and on. Our friend Katie, trying to see on right now, she's not on right now, but she just like announced uh, she's going all in with yoga and, and she declared to the universe, she put it out into the universe and into social media. Like I'm going, I'm quitting my work. I'm going all in in yoga Within 24 hours, she gets a private message asking for a private yoga class, you know, for some some mom's birthday. And it's just like, when we put it out there, it, it all comes together. Finally, I'm just going to say, I, I, I'm not sure. You guys let me know if it's ever working. I don't think you'll ever notice. But yesterday I had therapy session number three. So we're making progress. <laughs> Thanks for the celebration, Yada. It's amazing. It's so cool. Like, oh my goodness. You're going to say, I told you so, Hannah, but like, where have, where have you been all my life therapy? It's, uh, it's, and it's not like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, it, there's something about, and it's not about fixing as you know, like that you're, you're like right into this, Hannah. Um, but it, there's just something about being able to have that confidential conversation and express myself. And I feel like it never goes in the direction that I expect it to, but just being able to start and it, and it just, it just feels good after it feels amazing after and probably with time, like perhaps issues can get resolved, but like, it's not about that right now for me. It's just, it's just about, it's just about expression and, and conversation in a, you know, different than a podcast or a friendship. There's just, it's a, uh, yeah, it's more intimate or it's more private, I guess. Yeah, I love that. And it's almost like like a therapist will never tell you what to do or what to think. Mm-hmm. But there's like that space to have really, really meaningful conversations where you learn more about yourself by or in the presence of that person. Like we, I learn a lot about like how to be a therapist, what to say and what not to say. And most of the things we're encouraged not to say, like completely holding a neutral space will give you the opportunity to discover it from for yourself. And when that comes from within you, it has a bigger impact than if someone else showed you like, how about this? And how about that? Like, it's, it's incredible what can happen in therapy. It's beautiful. I'm so happy you found someone that you feel that like when you come out of that conversation and you feel lit up and inspired and that like, those are the conversations I never want to end. Like that's why I study therapy because I want to be in that conversation from now till eternity. It is so powerful and fascinating and deep and uplifting. So I'm really happy that you, you have access to that as well. Yeah, no, it's so good. 
And, and just on that, I got just a, a quick shout out to you, Hannah, because you are in training right now, psychotherapy with the yoga, um, and you are working with uh, some clients. So if anybody out there is looking uh, to work with a therapist one-on-one or in training, um, because you're doing some practice, you know, in order to earn your designation, uh, reach out to us, info at happyjackyoga.com. Yeah, and, uh, I could handle a few more probably, not many, but a few nice. more. Mm-hmm. Yada says she's very interested. Yeah, shoot us an email, Yada. Mm-hmm. We'll get you connected with the details. Um, it's definitely very, very, it's less than half the price of what I'm paying. So it's, you're doing it at a very discounted rate, right? As you're training. So mm-hmm. amazing. Well, let's jump into, we, we like really riffed for a while on some of those opening topics, which I thought would happen, but let's, um, let's jump into the myth. I think we can, we can sneak in a myth here before we get to the hot seat. Yeah. Do you want to read the actual myth and then I'll share some thoughts or yeah, we can feeling? Do this time. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read the myth because you found, you found a great quote, which I, I love. So here's the myth. Yoga is a religious Hindu practice or yoga is the same as practicing Hinduism. That's the, that's the myth. Yeah, I think this is a really good myth to to discuss because most of us don't live in a Hindu context. So sometimes that question could, you know, rise for for someone who maybe belongs to a different tradition. But what we found, um, so the question is like, is it okay to practice yoga if if you're not Hindu? And looking into this and doing some research. Something that we found really interesting was what Sadhguru said. He's a huge persona um, within yoga. And and he says this, yoga is Hindu just the way gravity is Christian. Just because the law of gravity was pronounced or propounded by Newton, who lived in a Christian culture, does it make gravity Christian? So Sadhguru says, yoga is a technology. Anybody who is willing to make use of it can make use of it so i thought that was really powerful and then he goes on saying like why the yogic sciences have often been labeled as hindu by a few people is because this science and technology grew and prospered in this culture so naturally it has gotten associated with the hindu way of life but really the word hindu comes from the word sindhu which is a river and because this culture grew from the banks of this river, the culture has been labeled as Hindu. But Hindu is not an ism. It's not a religion. It's a geographical and cultural identity. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really good um, perspective when we think about yoga. Like It can be applied within any spiritual or religious context, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's something we're talking about a lot in our in our course here this semester at Harvard Divinity School. And I like what you said right at the end there about being applied in any spiritual or religious context. You know, I just I looked up a definition of spirituality and religion um, just before this. And so one perspective is that spirituality involves a personal quest for meaning in life, which I really like. I feel like I'm on that path. I'm on this personal quest for meaning of life. While religion involves an organized entity with rituals and practices focusing on a higher power. 
when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's me also. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in a way both like spiritual and religious um, and, and yoga can fit into both of those contexts. It can, uh, you know, fit into spirituality. It can fit into religion. And I, I must say, you know, yesterday we had our last class for the Krishna and Christ course um, here at that school. And we all went around the room and had a chance to share, you know, the impact that it's had and what we learned and what, you know, questions were left with. Um, but I was just, I was so encouraged from our professor. So Professor Francis Clooney, who has, you know, such expertise in both sides. He's been a, a, a Jesuit priest for more than 50 years. So like over half a century, he's been a, a priest in Christianity. And for the same amount of time, for over half a century, he has been a scholar in Hinduism, you know, PhD, lived in India and, and spent half a century studying it. So he's so um, expertise in both. And and we'd like to... And- um, have him join the upcoming course in one way or another. So that would be really exciting if you guys got to meet him as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna make, you, you challenged that right before this, we hit record today and let's make it happen. I mean, yes. I'm sure he would be happy to. So we're going to get him to join because like you say, in January, uh, we're having the, the Krishna and Christ course at Happy Jack Yoga University, where we'll really get to explore this. But what I was saying there was that I'm, I was so encouraged by is that, you know, this guy, who's, you know, in a way, personally, you know, very committed to Christianity, because that's like what he teaches, but he's very intellectual in Hinduism and in yoga. And he said, and he agrees, like, there's way more similarities, way more similarities, way more commonality. Um, and, and of course, though, it's always a personal decision, right, of like, what a person practices, what they believe. Uh, but I think it's, it's important for us growing up in, in this culture, in this part of the world um to to be aware of both so i yeah i think we, we kind of unanimously uh it's, it is a myth that and and we absolutely can practice yoga it's a technology it's a practice and it means union it means connection like sit, sitting in a circle with a couple of varsity football players and a medical doctor from india and talking about what we're grateful for, that was a yoga experience. That was a yoga class. So yes, uh, we can practice it. Yeah, and I, I love that it's like inclusive. Like there's something arrogant I find in practicing any tradition when it becomes exclusive of other people's beliefs. So I, that's what I love about most of the spiritual teachers that resonate with me and this practice itself and the technology that yoga is, is inclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. It feels like just, just a few years ago, we, I know I was, uh, I did it all the time would, would say like, Oh, exclusive. We, we created this exclusive mastermind. Like even just five years ago, it was all about VIP exclusive. And now I love how the world has changed. I mean, it, I guess it hasn't changed, but we, I've woken up anyways. It's like, no, it's about inclusion. Mm-hmm. How can we make it more inclusive? Um, so I like that distinction. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think what we ought to do, you know, we have, we have a, a really sweet main topic, but I, I suggest we bump that for next week because we're going to talk the, the business of yoga. And that's just such a big conversation and opportunity for our yoga teachers and yoga community, those who want to grow their, their sharing. I think we got to dive right into the hot seat. You know, we got, we got some little bit of time left. Hanna is on the hot seat 
and uh, we got we got a few questions. So let's just kind of start out easy, start out light, get ourselves into our heart space. And question number one, Hanna, what is your happiest memory of us? Of Happy Jack Yoga or you and me personally? Of us, you and I personally. Oh, it's so hard to answer quickly on the spot. Um, well, I remember sharing on Anna Kusela's podcast called Good Vibes Only. And it, I cried because it was like an ordinary moment that had happened close to that time where you said that you would help me, like whether it was um, doing the laundry or something like that. It was an ordinary moment where I felt that you really saw that how to help me. I felt really seen. So those moments, the happiest moments with you for me are the ones where I feel that you're tuning in and and really asking me, how can I be there for you? Is that specific enough an answer? Like, you know, those moments where I start to cry because I I kind of feel a bit lonely in the world. And then when you hit the sweet spot of of asking me, like, hi, I, I can see that this is hard for you. How can I be there? And even saying that makes me emotional now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And it's it's good. It's good for me to hear and maybe good for others to hear. Cause sometimes, at least for me, I think it's like the big things like, Oh, I gotta, gotta make this big accomplishment or that. And it's, it's actually not, it's the little things like feeling seen and feel, I know a big thing that you've really wanted is like, you want to feel safe and you want to feel trust. And, and those, those kind of things are earned through, you know, through presence and through the the little things helping in the little way. And sometimes it happens spontaneously with some people where I just automatically feel safe, like was the case with my first husband, like just his presence all throughout that relationship. I felt like he held me Mm -hmm. and I don't take that for granted. I guess that's why it makes me really emotional. Mm -hmm. Do I read read into that? Uh, You you didn't feel immediately safe with me. (laughs) I'm teasing because I know we were totally different dynamic living in different parts of the world. That's true. But you found your way there. So with some training. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little slower learner. Nice. Good one. Okay. How about this one? What do you, what do you want or wish most for your kids? I want and wish most for them to have beautiful, deep life experiences where they feel that they are living um, something that expands them. I don't know that it's a desire of theirs, but like if they could have the sense of meaning, like if they get to do what they love doing, even if it would be difficult, even if it's risky, I would want them to have like the magical wonder of life, falling in love madly, loving their work madly. That's what I want for them. Mm. And I see that you, there's where you're in integrity because what you're saying and what you've done is is what I'm doing. (laughs) No, it's it's in alignment, right? Like you, because like your kids are both studying music right now, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. Their, their number one passion is music. 
and they're off at university studying music. And, and even though, you know, we've had conversations and, and anybody could kind of think of like, well, there's maybe less career options down that path than, you know, engineering or doctor or lawyer or whatever trades. But the fact that you hundred percent support them, especially at that stage of life, like they're just becoming, they're just growing up, like do the thing that you love. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't, I didn't have that to the same extent. I mean, my parents did a great job, but they, you know, kind of somehow steered me towards engineering, which no regrets, but there was more of a little bit of an agenda, a little bit of, you know, wanting security and safety. And you're, you're just like holding the space to do what your kids love. Yeah. And when I talk about safety, like in the previous question, it's not that type of safety that um, like your parents might mean when they, you know, want you to have a safe future. The safety that I talk about is uh, on a different, deeper level, I think, where there's so much safety that I can trust and be fully who I am. And with all the vulnerabilities and, and being completely open and wild and creative. And that, that was like, just to keep like these things to be clear about what I meant with that safety. And for my kids, I don't know. I feel like they are quite safe in the world because of, I don't know. I think through our union, they are quite grounded and quite like able to do what they want pretty much in terms of like aspirations, like they have the courage to go into the world. But like to answer again, your question about what I want for them is to live fully and really savor the, the magic that comes with being a human being and the opportunities, like not to hold back when, you know, when beautiful things happen or difficult things as well. It doesn't matter you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, and it's really, it's really good to think about just, just recently on the, our Sunday satsang call with the community, you know, we were talking about that because there, there's many of our community members are parents and raising children. And it's in one way, you know, sometimes wanting something so badly uh, for your children and, and at the same time, kind of letting go of that and holding space. So very, very nicely said. And let's see, so we got, we got one more here, which we can riff on for a while. What are the best and worst, what are the best and worst parts about getting older? (laughs) Best, I think that um, for me, it feels like the best parts are that there's more freedom I feel more at home in my body and in my spirituality and in my personality, in my passions. I feel like I'm freer to express them. Um, And that's beautiful. So that means that there's not a lot of like, um, how can I say like no faking or no wanting to come across a certain way. Like, let's get straight to the point in life you know I love that about being older that I guess it comes like confidence and self-esteem but also vulnerability not to be afraid of any of those aspects in myself and to be able to express that have less doubt 
comes with aging, just more options, more life, like freer. I feel so free in that way now. And I might not have felt that way when I was 20 or 30 or even 40. (laughs) So that's, I think is beautiful with aging. And what's beautiful with aging also is seeing my loved ones. Like there's a vulnerability that comes that I adore, you know, like seeing somebody's wrinkles or that they're not as bendy. I love that. It makes me love them more. Do you know? Yeah. I think it's beautiful and something that isn't celebrated and talked a lot about, but it makes me mm, like that. So that's beautiful. And what was the question? What was hard about aging? Yeah. And I mean, I'll just say on that too, like it's, I I think that's, if this is what you, uh, when anytime we have talked about aging, like this is something that you have, that you do appreciate, you do love. And it's like, so, so the, the next part of the question is like, well, what are the worst parts about aging? But I think that the overall, right. And, and I'm, I'm agreeing as well. Like it's, even though my body is changing and it's slow, I hate to admit slowing down a little bit, a little bit stiffer. Um, but it's, I love it. It's yeah. like, it's really cool. So our friend Yada and all the others, all the other youngins out there, uh, you got lots to, lots to, lots of goodness to look forward to. Yeah. I, I admire that when I see someone age, I admire my kids when they turn into whatever age they are. I admire the people that fascinate me for how they are and how they've become there. I think it's deep and fascinating. The worst parts maybe is if it affects self-esteem, like there's been moments where I wonder, like, am I still okay? Like, am I still a woman? Am I what? like, that could be hard to navigate. Um, And then also, what do you mean a woman? Of course you're still a woman. Yeah. Well, As a woman, we're also subject to a lot of, I think, culturally and internally criticism and that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other worst part of aging is when people die because my in-laws have died. And I think that it would be nice if they hadn't. So that kind of hurts me to think like to think about that they aren't sitting in Norway waiting for us to come this Christmas. Yeah. So that's an aspect I don't really love about aging. Although like my mother-in-law, I did want her to not have to live in a body that was so dysfunctional, I guess at the end, but I really Mm -hmm. miss the people who aged and went to the, wherever you go when you die. Well, and that's the, that's the really beautiful thing that at least I love now about, about what yoga can be, right? Cause yoga can be so much and there's so many different paths and traditions and beliefs. And, and the fact that we get to be an inquiry around what, what happens? Like, well, first of all, what is the point of life? You know, what, what am I, who, who am I and, and what's going to happen at the end of this life, whenever that is um, hopefully a long time for all of us. And to, to think about that. And I feel like it's, it's, it, and I haven't lost my parents yet. I can't wait to see them later this week. Right. At some point they will, of course, be gone. 
and and i feel like this this yoga and this this philosophy and this practice is preparing me and i'm, I'm sure we can never be prepared fully we never we never can be as humans but it somehow it like it brings more meaning and more understanding and and yeah i i, I suspect you know that you you are with aging you are in a better place having lost both of your in-laws within the past couple of years you know not that it was ever easy but like probably the work that you have done in some way has eased that or given you a different lens a different perspective to navigate it yeah even if I feel a little bit of like an orphan like if they were a set of parents for me I feel like I've lost them but but Mm -hmm. but yeah I I don't know like grief is like grief is like the way we love when the person is no longer here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, we just have a moment left here, but we should do a shout out next week. Next week, December 11 through 15 uh, is the yoga for grief course uh, live at happy Jack yoga. And Ohana, you've been putting all of everything into it because you're driving to Boston to get me tomorrow. So you're definitely making progress. It's ready to rock. And um, it's going to be really important and really special to empower yoga teachers and yogis to to navigate that that inevitable journey that we will go through. And so, with that, this has been fun. Lots of great conversations. I, I'm excited. We got we got a number of yogis who are still on the line. Love to get your feedback after on the podcast. And, and for those who are listening on Spotify and Apple and Google, if you have if you have feedback, send us an email at info at happyjackyoga.com. Let us know what's working. Let us know what's not working. Uh, let us know if you have suggestions or ideas or questions. Or if you have a myth that you want us to discuss. If you got a yoga myth, if you if you want therapy from Hanna, <laughs> if you want to join us in the Zoom room, if you want to join us for live yoga, any any and all of the above, send us an email, info at happyjackyoga.com, and we'll get you the get you the details. And and again, those who support us in Patreon, uh, we really appreciate it. It's a community supported podcast, price for coffee per month. Uh, and we get to keep this, this ship sailing. But with that, my friends, make it an amazing rest of the day. And we will see you next week. Namaste. Namaste. Thanks for being here. Nice one.